a group that remotely coordinates underground activists living inside Eritrea. The Eritrean diaspora community are using satellite technology and phones to get information back into their homeland. I've had death threats. I've had threats of physical violence against me. We're not a political organization that have got um, a specific political end per se. We are just, we want the people to recognize that they need, they ought to have a voice. They're entitled to their voice and they're entitled to express it. So what we are faced with is a very limited way of working. So where whereby you can text message, for instance, a lot of people. You cannot do that in Eritrea or you cannot use the internet because it's monitored. We use telephones as our primary um, form of contact, the robocalls as we call them. That's a one minute message, but that goes out to sometimes um, 5,000, 3,000 or 10,000 people. Every information could land a freedom fighter, the movement, into trouble. This video shows activists writing campaign messages on banknotes to encourage people to stop fleeing the country and stay and fight for freedom. Here, activists write graffiti and post stickers in phone booths, spreading word of the Freedom Friday movement. In their four years of trying, Freedom Friday have managed to smuggle just 15 minutes of footage outside of the country. Any footage from inside the country that is um, smuggled out is, is, is newsworthy. It's, it's, it's a very rare thing. We've got to smuggle everything into the country. And then getting those pictures and that footage out of the country is another very, very big and a very risky operation. There is only the government-owned uh, TV station. So they, they've been brought up in this very propaganda-filled atmosphere where they have never been allowed to think for themselves. <laughs> People got a very uh, paranoid worldview, so they, they, they're not sure of themselves. They don't know who to trust and who not to trust. We put quite a lot of people at risk. They could get tortured. Masses and masses of people have been taken to prison and questioned specifically on working for Freedom Friday. So these are people who are risking their lives, literally. All right, I have my, uh, my, my notes, I got my, my pen, I got everything in front of me. Because in, right now, there's a topic that I know nothing about, and I want you to teach me. But before we do that, tell me a little bit about who you are and uh, a little bit about your background. All right. Uh, my name is Eden. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. I'm a self-proclaimed artist and humanitarian. Um, this 
topic is very dear to me because I am the daughter of two soldiers that fought and our focus is basically to expand on the current state of Eritrea and how we can bring justice to the people and in dictatorship. Okay. So you said, what is that? Where, where are you from? Eritrea? How do you pronounce it? Eritrea. It's pronounced Eritrea. It's East Africa, the Horn of Africa. We were once, um, everyone knows the story. We went to war with Ethiopia and we gained our independence in 1991. Mm. Okay. Uh, so in 1991, you gained your independence. And what has been, what has been going on since 1991, since independence? Because a lot of times in history, people gain their independence and then the most drama that they ever receive is right after that. And that's exactly what is going on with Eritrea for the past 28 years. Um, Asaya Saforki is the president, dictator of the country, and he's been ruling since we've gained our independence in 91. And the country has just been going on a decline. There's no freedom of speech. There is a economic crisis. There is a huge number of civilians fleeing the country to seek asylum in other places because they don't have the liberation and freedom in their own home. Mm. So wait, let's, let's back up. So in 91, you gain independence. Yes. And then since then, there's no freedom of speech. There's all these uh, things that are happening that is dictating that you can't have freedom since your independence. Absolutely. So let's, let's back up off of independence for a second. If it was like that during independence time, what was it like before independence? <laughs> Great question. Well, we were under the, we were colonized by Mussolini, mm. the Italians in the 1890s. And then Great Britain came in after that happened. And Great Britain, at the end of the war, World War II, we were federated with Ethiopia. And Haile Selassie was running Ethiopia at that time. So he made us a province We he kind of, put us under his umbrella and claimed us to be his people. And that was the issue as well, because he was mistreating his people. Halasalasa was mistreating his people. Um, he fled the country when Mussolini tried to take over and he left them to, to fend for themselves. And Great Britain then pushed Mussolini out. Mm. So it's, it's a long battle of gaining control and who's going to take over and who's going to rule the country. Um, I could say one of our founding fa founding fathers in liberation is Idris Awate. In 1961, he no, he formed the armed wing of the ELF. The ELF is the Eritrean Liberation Front. Mm -hmm. So his goal was to push Eritrea to independence and to freedom. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in 1921, reportedly to a snake bite. I, for one, I don't take that as a literal statement. I believe that could have been Isaias looking for ownership and leadership and you know, possibly taking him out. Mm. Okay. So it's a long struggle of wanting power and wanting control over the Eritrean people. So you know what the next question is. <laughs> the next question is, why the hell do people want power and control over, the, over, or, over your people? I believe it's because our port, um, Masawa is the great port for transportation, for goods, for commercial needs. And we have a great resources. We also have, we have gold, we have oil, not as much as Middle Eastern countries, but we do have gold and oil. We have great resources in our country. And I believe that port is a great access for commercial 
for commercial growth. And that is why I believe people are after the control of Eritrea. So it comes down to economics, in your opinion. Exactly. So what is happening now? So we look backwards. We looked at where we where we were. So as of 2019, what do you see? 2019, I see an empty country. I see a slave mentality. I see a prison. Um, there are over 500,000 refugees seeking asylum in other countries. That means they're risking their lives in the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. dying at sea. They're risking their lives in the hands of Libyans who are taking them for slavery, rape, at any cost, human trafficking. And people are doing that for, to their own people. There are Eritrean people across the borders that are manipulating people and holding them hostage for ransom. So if I have a family back home, they will call and say, we need $50,000 now. We need X amount of money now. If not, we're going to do this to your family member. And this is current day. Mm. How does that make you feel? It infuriates me. I'm angry. Like my parents, literally my parents that birthed me fought in this war. Like they left their homes as teenagers. You know, they didn't get a proper, they didn't get a proper opportunity to say bye to their family, you know? Right. Understand. So what, so this information is out here. A lot of people are not paying attention to this. Just two part question. Why do you think people are not paying attention? And then the second part would be, what can we do if we do want to pay attention? What what kind of steps can we take? I think people aren't paying attention because people aren't talking about it. When you know, when you come to America, of course we all get you know caught up in our own lives. You know, life goes on, so you have to attend to what's going on in your in your current state in your face. But at the same time, you cannot forget where you come from. You can't forget your home. So people, when they come to America, they don't really necessarily know what's going on back home some of them do know some of them are just kind of like oh you know they're all right or it's not a call of attention it's not a demand it's not an urgency because they don't see it they see it as a distant land to them Mm. so they don't see the urgency of my people are going through this my people are suffering so some people and it's also fear like they're fearful that if you do speak up then my family is going to be tortured back home so it's it's a lot of things that's interplaying with why we are kind of in the same situation that we have been for so long. People are scared to death back home to speak. There's people, there's spies everywhere. Families have been torn apart. I'm talking husbands and wives. There, you could be working for Isaias and the other person could be arrested because you're speaking your truth. You're speaking your opinion. And they could be in small corners. Like I could be in a coffee shop and I'm just having a conversation with somebody and there's somebody just sitting next to me. They overhear my conversation and they see that I'm a threat or that I'm speaking against the size of Forky. And next thing you know, that person goes missing. Nobody knows where they went or what happened to them. Great point. So if for, for the people who do care and are paying attention, what suggestions, what, what are some things that they can do? Continue to speak. Um, don't let that fear hold you back because we've been silent for so long. And what has happened? There's been no progress at all. The university has been shut down since 2003. He doesn't like a liberated mind. He doesn't want an independent thinker. He wants to dictate the control. He wants to control the minds of the youth. Like he even infiltrated the YPFDJ, which is a group for the diaspora. Mm-hmm. These are Eritrean, American Eritrean born citizens that are falling into suit of his regime. Mm. If, if I were an investor, which I am, 
is there any way to invest in the area or is that is that not possible is it not possible to be a foreign person trying to invest in the area and put money behind things or is there just so much corruption where i can't put my money there people don't even have the liberty to create jobs in their own home mm. so i i highly doubt that's a possibility um, if we want to go down to the nitty gritty, like the only jobs that exist are government jobs. So after you complete, let's go to to the indefinite service, military service. Sure. So after high school, once you graduate high school, you're supposed to do 18 months of service, which is six months of military training. This is everybody. Everybody. Wow. Every everybody. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. No problem. Six months of military training. Mm-hmm. Six months of educational studies. And then you take the national test. I'll compare that to like the SATs. Gotcha. And then you do six months of service. After you complete your six months of service, they give you your your test scores. If you reach the standards, they assign you your field of study and your career path. It doesn't matter who you want to be or what you want to do. If you want to be a doctor and they think, oh, that field is oversaturated, I'm going to make you an engineer. Mm. That's just what it is. Like no one has the liberty to decide who they are and what they want to be. Hmm. And that's something that we take for granted here every day. Every day. So you're in America. You were here uh, since the beginning or were you born? Yes. Okay. I was born here. So how does that, so you're looking at two different sides. You have all this information about uh, your homeland and then you're here in America. Does it make you appreciate America more? I mean, obviously there's problems here too. But what are your thoughts on America as it relates to your homeland? I absolutely appreciate America for having freedom of speech. Just like something on a small scale as freedom of speech is something that they don't have the privilege to do. I could say F Trump and not fear for my life that I'm going to be arrested. But if I'm back home in Eritrea and I'm saying F Esaias, then automatically I'm probably going to be beheaded or in jail or whatever the case might be. I don't, they don't have the liberty to think for themselves. And I think that's why so many people are conditioned to think, okay, well, we're a free country. We got our independence. So we might as well just be okay with it. We might as well settle. We might as well just deal with it as the case might, as it is. Because they're afraid. You and I, we, we met on Twitter. Is that correct? Yes. And I just want to make sure the people know. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's purely organic the way we met. And we, we started talking about this. And you were saying, hey, why is nobody paying attention? And what did I say to you? You're going to open the door for us. Okay. And so the doors are open. Everybody's listening. So here's here's what I want to know. What can we build together? You and I and others. What can we build together? And maybe you don't have the answer. Mm -hmm. That could help solve some type of problem as it relates to this issue. Is there any? Go ahead. There is the Yaakal movement. The Yaakal movement basically means enough. Enough is enough. So basically what we're trying to do is push attention and bring a global pressure on the climate of Eritrea. So we're trying to bring this issue to the White House and to Parliament, government, whoever can take an impact on these um, matters and co- make a change. What, um, what would that change look like? What, what, I mean, what do you envision? A democracy. Did you have you seen uh, Game of Thrones or have you been paying attention in any? Um, no, I'm not a fan of that show. I understand. 
There was something that was said on the last episode, and I, it, it struck me. And I know you may not be a fan, but it was a, it was a piece of wisdom. Yeah. At the la- the last episode, they were talking about, well, what do we do now with these kingdoms? You know, the, the kingdoms have all uh, been the, the 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 throne has been burnt down. What do we do now? And they said, well, why don't we let the people decide? Which is basically a democracy. Everybody at the round table, all these kings and queens and royalties, they all looked at the guy who suggested it and they laughed. They said, why would we ever allow the people to decide? And that struck me so much because in many ways, that is very relevant to today where the people don't have a decision to make. So I pull from that wisdom. How do we push for democracy other than just saying we want democracy? What strategic ways or what strategic uh, things can we do? I don't have the necessary answer to that question, but I know if we are resilient Mm. and we keep pushing forward and we don't give them an opportunity to breathe, Mm. then change will happen because he's aware that, you know, the people are speaking up. He closed social media, completely shut down internet connection in Eritrea. And he's also tried to hire the Chinese to block the satellite. So he's aware that people are riled up by this. Mm. He knows that his days are numbered. I think consistency is what's important, not letting up the fight, not letting the people back home think, oh, okay, we tried, we gave up, and it's done. We got to be consistent and persistent in this cause. Yaakov, enough is enough. The people has had, we're, we're tired of it. We want to reclaim Eritrea. That's our whole purpose. We want to reclaim Eritrea. G15 is very real. Those are the cabinet members that he himself has manipulated. He manipulated the public to believe they were traitors when they were the one that said, give the people the power. Let's put the constitution in action. He didn't like that idea. He didn't want the people to be liberated. He didn't want freedom of speech. He didn't want an open-minded country. So what did he do? He put them in jail. And no one knows where they are. Most of them have died. Um, some have fled the country. There's no proof. But they were in Masawa, which is easily rises up to 100 degrees, in containers, in metal containers. That is the, that's the prison. People are, are placed in dungeons. No form of um, interaction with one another. No contact with sunlight. Just the basic human needs. Like, nothing. Siam is a girl that was arrested at the age of 15. Mm-hmm. She tried to leave the country and she's still there without a trial. There's no trial to say that she committed a crime. But, and she's a dual citizen, mind you. She's a American-born Eritrean mm. that has been in prison in Eritrea for seven years. And her name is what again? Siam. C-I-H-A-M. Ali. Her last name is Ali. Wow. So how do you how do you stay connected so well to um, to your homeland? How do you, with all the information that's being uh, kept away? How do you keep that that close tie? Are you are you allowed to say? Um, I would just say a general sense. I resort to social media. There's a great group. Um, there's a I'll say YouTube Ari Hope TV. There's ATV Asana, A S E N A. They keep us very informed with what's going on in the climate back home. Okay. Um, and the current movement, Yaakal, Y-A-A, I'm sorry, Y-I-A-K-L. They also keep us informed with what's going on. And there's a new group, um, Reclaim Eritrea. 
where we're just sharing information, whatever information that we get a hold of. And so if people want to work with you or work with this cause, these are some of the places they can go and start learning about uh, everything that you're talking about today and seeing how they can be a part of the movement. Absolutely. What else? Once again, I'm sorry. I just wanted to repeat that. Sure, go ahead. You, might have. Um, you could follow the hashtag. It's Y-I-A-K-L, Yaakov. And there's an Instagram and Twitter page, Reclaim Eritrea. Um, there's also two YouTube channels, Airy Hope TV and ATV Asana. Asana is spelled A-S-E-N-A. Thank you for that information. So this is your this is your life work. This is your mission. It, it is. It absolutely is. Um, I've been very passionate about my people since since I was aware of our story. You know, since my family told us told me everything about who I am. And now that I found a group of diaspora people that are willing to fight for this, I'm 100% committed. When did you find out? What age? Roughly. Um, since a youth. I mean, we've been wearing our free Eritrea sweaters since we were children, not really understanding how much of a dictator our president was at the time, but we were very proud to be an independent country. So I've always known that I was Eritrean. I've always been proud to be Eritrean. And that's always been installed in us since we were children. Like our family has formed schools and organizations for us to stay con connected to the, you know, to our community. So we have friends and families that we are, you know, associated with. So we don't lose our, our identity. Now, didn't, didn't Nipsey Hussle uh, have roots to where you are? Yes, his father is Eritrean. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or is, is that as much as you know about it? Um, about Nipsey Hussle? Yeah, anything that he's ever said, anything that he has any connection to to your homeland. Oh, yes. He's been home about, I believe, three times. Um, the first time he went home was in 2004. I was actually there at the same time. Didn't get to meet him, though a lot of my peers did. Um, he's very active. He loved, he wasn't ashamed to say he was Eritrean. He was very proud to be Eritrean, and he wanted the youth to know to be proud of being Eritrean. He also enrolled his daughter in a Tigrinya school so that she could learn the dialect. So you could tell that connection was, you know, genuine and real. So when people say the marathon continues, it includes this movement that you're talking about. It's not Absolutely. just hey, it's not just STEM, but it's being a humanitarian. It's understanding what's going on in the world. Absolutely. Awesome. What's the best way for people to reach out to you um, if they wanted to work with you uh, one on one? Um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. My name is Eden Gramatsian. E D E N G I R M A T S I O N. That's across all handles Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. And is there uh, any other final thoughts or any questions you may have on your end? I just want to lastly let everyone know that we are having a protest Friday, May 24th, starting at the White House at 9 a.m. Please, um, if you can make it out, wear all white or your traditional clothes. Um, I advise videographers, photographers, bloggers, whoever want to come out to this. This is not just an Eritrean thing. This is a humanitarian fight. So if you want to come out and support, you are welcome. And we hope to see you there. And once again, thank you so, so much for opening your airwaves for your listeners. I think it's an important topic. So definitely everyone follow, mm -hmm. uh, follow Eden's lead. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on Black Equity. Thank you so much. Uh
thank y'all for having me. So far, it's been it's been inspiring. You know, I'm always uh, refreshed when I come out here. Um, you know, the, whenever somebody asks me that, the first thing I just say is I feel a sense of pride. You know, knowing the history of the struggle and, and just the, the circumstances that our people overcame. You know, from being um, outnumbered, being um, against, you know, superpowers and coming out victorious and then um, being self-sufficient after the fact and being independent in a country that believes in self-sufficiency and building from scratch. And similar to what I stand for in music is, you know, taking the stairs and doing it the long way based on um, integrity and just believing in you know, self-sufficiency, like I said, and um, being aware of the way that taking handouts can cripple you and, you know, suffering through the process for, for a bigger picture. So I just felt, um, you know, proud and a sense of pride and also, um, you know, a little bit obligated to carry that same integrity in my space. Just being a young person that come from um, unfavorable circumstances to be able to be, you know, in control of my career, to be able to release an album through a company I'm an owner in, um, you know, have doing have done things our way up until this point, and you know to be relevant enough to to release a project that is successful, that's a victory.